Sponsored by Suaco, Gevi, Nota AI, One.network, and Navtech Radar from Los Angeles, Highways Voices at the ITS World Congress 2022. Believe it or not, we're already halfway through the 2022 ITS World Congress here in Los Angeles, but we're certainly not running out of things to talk about. Today, we talk spotting accidents at intersections, live roadworks updates, and cutting-edge traffic controller tech, plus some breaking news about next year's global ITS events. Oh, and don't forget we've got Alan's Guide to LA, where we talk movies and sports, and Eric Sampson's ideas for the must-attend things to do on Wednesday at Congress. It's all thanks to our sponsors, Swarco, Gevi, Navtech Radar, Notar AI and One.Network. So let's not hang around. Let's get started with... What Not to Miss at Congress with Eric Sampson. It's Wednesday at the World Congress and another packed day of sessions. And so how do you pick your way through which ones to go to whilst trying to also juggle time on the exhibition floor and all the different drinks receptions that are taking place and networking and everything else? How do you do it? Well, one way is to listen to the wise words of Professor Eric Sampson, Chief Rapporteur here at the World Congress in Los Angeles, who comes on to Highways Voices every day to give you his advice. Eric, what are the must-attend events here in Los Angeles today? I'm going to start with three forums. These are the, the new word for what were previously called executive sessions. Forum, we wanted to show that there's a wider base. International Forum 3 is on automated vehicle policy. This is where I expect to hear about different regions of the world grappling with the policy issues in very different ways. Then we have Regional Forum 3. This is about seamless mobility across borders. It's sponsored by European, Middle Eastern, Africa region because we have huge numbers of countries. North America, there's only two. Go to South America, a lot more. Um, Japan, one. China, one. We've got the problem of double figures in Europe. So how do you get mobility seamless across the borders? That's what Regional Forum 3 is all about. Regional Forum 2, we're talking about urban connected shuttle systems. We touched on this yesterday. The extent to which you can put driverless vehicles of some sort into big cities to help with the mass movement of people. There's also um, a very interesting special interest session, number 74, and this is something that I think, Paul, you raised earlier. This one's called Europe's Lessons Learned, How Europe's Growing Pains Can Help America. And that's exactly the point of the session, where the people from Europe stand up and say, well, we did this, some of it was right, some of it was wrong, we're sharing it with you for your benefit. And this is the special thing that you tend to get at Congresses. People help each other, not by sharing so much the successes, but sharing what didn't quite work. Two things I want to say there, Eric. First of all, I completely agree that having an entire congress on this is what we did and this is why it was an absolute disaster would be the best congress but people don't like to do it so i think it's great that it's happening the other thing is the sheer level of joy that i have because for the first time in many many years of us discussing this you've picked out of all the program a session that i am moderating so <laughs> thank you very much indeed anything else on the day and that was that was not rigged um 
There's two workshops that caught my eye. Um, one, I think, is very important. It's about the future of the ITS workforce. We're going towards, well, aiming for zero emissions, zero fatalities. Have we got the right workforce to design this and deliver it? I don't know the answer to that question or those questions. So I think workshop four is a good one to go to to find out about that. The other one, workshop one, is all about 5G connectivity. I've recently been moving around mainland Europe and most of the countries I was in, five in all, there wasn't 5G coverage. 5G connectivity is a dramatic improvement. So this is a session that will share what it can do for you. That's the issue because I've noticed the same thing. 5G is great, but is connectivity going to work and are all the products we work, we use in ITS going to work if you haven't got seamless 5G everywhere and if you haven't got seamless 5G everywhere then what's the point? And it's one of those things where you know, don't do it for the first time yourself go and talk to someone else who's done it find out what they did and don't be ashamed, copy it if it works, copy it Ah, the rush to be second how we've done that through all the years here in uh, the ITS industry Eric, thank you very much we will have one final fling of the Eric Sampson thing tomorrow here on Highways Voices as we look forward, can you believe it to the final day of the Congress here in Los Angeles Sponsored by Suaco, Gevi, Nota AI, One Dot Network, and Navtech Radar. This is Highways Voices. We're at the ITS World Congress 2022 here in Los Angeles. Now, of course, this should have been the ITS World Congress 2020 here in Los Angeles, but there was a certain thing that happened in 2020 that stopped us being able to uh, come to Los Angeles. Likewise, that's why next year the ITS European Congress will be taking place in Lisbon three years late. So what is also happening next year is the ITS World Congress is due to be in China but because of continuing travel restrictions it looks like it's going to be that for international travellers they can't visit in person it will be a hybrid event and I think we all learned one thing in Covid and post-Covid is the fact that when it comes to the sessions hybrid you know uh, an online event can work but when you're in an exhibition hall where you're meeting people you're seeing the demonstrations nothing like it so we face the risk of not having an ITS World Congress that we the whole planet can go and visit but now I think we've got a solution because good old ITS Australia are looking to expand their summit next year into something that won't necessarily compete with the World Congress but will give us an opportunity to meet as an international community. I'm really pleased to be able to catch up quickly with Susan Harris who's Chief Executive of ITS Australia. Susan, what a brilliant idea. Oh, thanks so much, Paul. Look, firstly, I just would like to say that we'll be there to support the ITS World Congress in Suzhou next year, but it's likely that we're going to be doing that remotely. So we're looking forward to doing our best to support it and to continue the collaboration at the World Congress level. But we know that people want to meet face-to-face. So what we're going to be doing in the last week in August next year is we're inviting all of our ITS colleagues to come to Melbourne for a global ITS summit. So this will be an ITS Australia um, global summit 
Uh, we'll bring you together. We'll be having demonstrations. We'll be having all the usual sessions, and we'll be having a lot of summits all across to the side as well, focused on mobility, um, focused on you know all the key interest areas for our international guests. Now. You do your summit every year. I, I only have been lucky enough to come to one of your summits, which was 2013 in Sydney. And it was brilliant. I had a fantastic week in Sydney just meeting Australian innovators and learning so much. And then, of course, the World Congress in 2016 in Melbourne that was absolutely brilliant. Which of those two are we looking at it to be more like or is it going to be sort of halfway between? Yeah, look, certainly we're not looking to, to do a World Congress. This is an opportunity to come together, to exhibit and to network and, and present what you're doing internationally. But what I just want to give a plug to is the amount of activity that's taking place in Australia since 2016. So um, we've got massive infrastructure pro projects taking place right across Australia and particularly in Victoria. Um, we're spending more on infrastructure, the biggest spend on transport infrastructure since after the Second World War in Australia. So this is sort of once in a lifetime um, development. So, And we really want to have the ITS professionals in Melbourne to make sure that this infrastructure is smart. In Victoria, we've got a massive new toll road going forward. They're procuring the infrastructure for this toll road at the moment, um, for the tolling infrastructure. We've got railway level crossing removals happening across the city. Um, we've got a new metro tunnel going in. Uh, we've got massive rail infrastructure being deployed. Um, so we've got a huge infrastructure project. But alongside that, we're also thrilled to have uh, the AIMS testbed. So this is Australia's multimodal um, ecosystem where we've got about 50 industry partners working alongside the University of Melbourne and the State Government of Victoria to deploy technologies in this ecosystem in Melbourne. So this is a great opportunity to come and see what's being deployed and to really experience new technology as part of the Global Summit in August next year, Paul. Fantastic. The Global Summit, 29 to 31st of August, and the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre is the one on the Yarra River where we had the Congress in 2016. A new and expanded exhibition centre. It's just fantastic news. Susan, thank you for stepping in because really I couldn't face another year of not having a World Congress. We missed it in 2020. 2021, you guys weren't able to come and join us in Hamburg. So it's so good to be back together as an international community here this year thank you for stepping in and sorting something out for next year always happy to help paul i'm booking my flights now as i said melbourne was a brilliant congress back in 2016 actually thinking about it probably my favorite ever and i'm so excited to be going back there next year and i'll be ready to report for you and support its australia in their endeavors closer to home there's the uk stand showcasing the best of british and highways news is supporting the exhibitors here are three more you can come and meet hello I am Michael Home representing Canigital, a UK-based autonomous vehicle company at an exciting time for the business. My colleague Mandev and I are here at the UK Pavilion stand excited to engage in conversations about the future of transport and autonomous vehicles. Similar to our launch in Australia in 2019, we hope to build partnerships within the US to support project delivery, deployment of our products and research and development. We also hope to meet potential clients who could use our services. We look forward to seeing you at the UK Pavilion stand. Hi, I'm Harriet King. I'm the Product Director at Valoran. We're here exhibiting at the ITS World Congress as part of the UK Pavilion. Valoran creates technology and analytics solutions for advanced traffic management. 
Specifically, we enable road and network operators globally to leverage diverse mobility data to improve their situational awareness and to ensure data-driven decision-making. We found that a lot of the valuable data generated about and from the world's roads is underutilized in practice for traffic management, as it can be overwhelming, disparate, hard to interpret in real time, and ultimately a source of noise rather than insight. These issues prevent operators from trusting and therefore making use of this information. Utilizing advanced data fusion, AI, and machine learning technology, our goal is to transform this data into something meaningful and actionable. Our product, Lantern by Valoran, integrates data from a wide variety of sources, including connected vehicles, CCTV, sensors, navigation apps, weather data, and historical information. From this data, we're able to provide automated alerting for on-road events and incidents, traffic flow insights and alerting, real-time risk profiling, as well as tools to enable the validation and response to these situations. Our solution can work alongside an existing ATMS or back office system as a data-only solution and it integrates with new or previously installed ITS. Lantern also has its own web interface, meaning it can be offered as a complete solution. If you want to find out more, please stop by and see myself and my colleagues Olga and Matt throughout the conference. Hi, my name is Matthew and I'm a solutions engineer from EtoWorld. Here at EtoWorld, our mission is to reduce pollution and congestion by encouraging the use of shared transit services. We help cities and authorities make data-driven decisions to improve their network and performance and increase ridership. Headquartered in Cambridge, UK, we serve clients from all over the world, such as the UK Department for Transport, Google and Apple, Florida Department for Transport District 5 and Transport for West Midlands. We are really excited about attending ITS World Congress and meeting transit authorities, agencies and Department of Transports who are wrestling with ingesting and enhancing the quality of transit data from multiple agencies and or systems, informing passengers with accurate and timely transit information via journey planners, social media and digital signage, building passenger confidence with accurate arrival time predictions and contextually accurate disruption messaging for planned and unplanned disruptions, Diagnosing and improving your network performance via live and historic on-time performance tools. Come visit us on the UK Pavilion stand for a demonstration of our Eto Transit Hub products and we'd love to share our experience in helping our customers solve these issues in the US, Europe and across the globe. Direct from Los Angeles, Highways Voices at the ITS World Congress 2022. A million years ago, and sometimes it feels like a million years ago, I started off in this industry by running the information for a radio traffic news company. And the way we got our roadworks or work zone information was faxes from local authorities that kind of said when uh, construction work might be being done on the uh, road network. And we had to make the best of really a very bad job. Um, then along came an organisation or a company called Elgin that started to digitise roadworks information. They became one dot network and became very much the dominant company uh, dealing with roadworks information in the UK and the quality of the information just took off. They are now, as I say, called one dot network. They are growing into the US as well and starting to take on the US market and standardise that. And I'm with Simon Top, who is Chief Commercial Officer. And Simon, you know, here you are in Los Angeles and uh, looking to crack America. 
Absolutely. No, it's it's really great to be over here, you know, and it's really interesting to see how the US market is. You know, we, we've obviously been doing this for over 10 years now in the UK and have really helped that industry move forwards around digitization of work zones. And we see the same challenges over here that we did in the UK 10 years ago. You know, there's a, a bit of a difference in that you've got three or four tiers of government agencies uh, managing roads over here. You've got lots of different silos, organisations working differently. And the same challenge around data not really being of particularly high quality around work zones um, and challenges of sharing that either with each other to help with uh, work zone coordination or with the travelling public. So uh, it feels a very ripe market for us to come into and to try and bring the expertise that we've gained over the last 10 years in the UK and help them push forwards uh, in some shape or form. So uh, no, it's really interesting to see and uh, we're, we're very excited for what the uh, future holds for us over here. Avid readers of Highways News will remember that a month or two ago we ran a story about a contract win you had in Florida. Absolutely. So no, it's a it's a good place for us to start. Um, so yeah, we we were awarded a contract earlier this year to work with Florida Department of Transport. Um, and just to give uh, your listeners a, a view of scale, Florida has a population of over 20 million. It's still a, an ever increasing population, and they they have you know the same challenges that all road agencies do. You know, a lot of vehicles on the road, a lot of congestion, but also they've got a huge amount of construction. There's been a lot of fiscal stimulus in the United States over the last year, which means construction levels are only increasing. And it means, you know, they've got a real challenge around making their work zones safe. You know, the, the safety statistics over here are, you know, slightly terrifying when you look at them around the, the amount of uh, deaths on roads and specifically the numbers that are involved around work zones. So we, we've joined forces with Florida DOT to get them to start enriching information about uh, interstate uh, closures and specifically lane closures as well. So we, we've joined up with them and also the uh, Florida Road Builders Association who represent all the road contractors and construction workers and they've rolled out our LiveLink application uh, so that enables um, workers in real time to notify where and when a lane closure is happening. So we've currently trained over 1,200 construction workers in the use of the mobile application, and they're now rolling that out statewide to enable those guys to, as soon as they get on site, put that into our app and us then go and share that with the likes of Google Maps, with TomTom, with Apple Maps, also with some vehicle OEMs and some of the freight and logistics software providers as well to ensure that alerts and information get out accurately and authoritatively to the travelling public and make them aware, make them cognizant of work zones and hopefully, you know, improve safety around work zones. I remember, as I say, when I ran this radio traffic news company, one of the issues was you'd go to a traffic control department and at the time there was no joined up data. Trying to get uh, an operator to key something into one system and then swivel his or her chair to then key something into another system that went out to the public didn't really work, didn't really happen. I guess the difference here is if your life is at stake and you are on site, then the ability to click on an app 
and say we are here and then warn people in real time is a really good incentive to actually embrace the technology. Absolutely. Yeah, what, what greater incentive to, does a road worker need? It's, it's a risky job. It's not one that I would fancy doing myself, putting myself on a very busy roadside. So the, the, the incentive is there for them to do it. We have worked hard to ensure that that process is as frictionless as humanly possible. I, our mobile app is incredibly simple to use you know and where where florida does differ a little bit to how we work with uh, local authorities in the uk is they have very poor or no planned data it doesn't exist already in a digital format so we've made some tweaks to it to the application to ensure that the construction workers can within two or three clicks plot exactly where that work is where the start and ends are have they got workers on site at any given point in time have they reduced the speed limit temporarily and then share that so it's a 10 second job you know, so if, if you're out on site for 10 hours overnight doing a lane closure, you know, 10 seconds at the start of that and 10 seconds at the end of it, one will hopefully help improve congestion, um, but also dramatically improve the safety for the workers that are on the roadside. There are lots and lots of UK businesses uh, here represented at the World Congress in Los Angeles. You've had a contract win in the USA. Any tips for companies trying to break into the market? <laughs> it's hard. Um, you know, no, nothing is easy. Anybody working with public agencies knows the challenges of procurement. Um, you know, bringing new technology. You know, organisations are risk averse. Yes, they've all got an incentive and a desire. Especially when you look at Vision Zero and things like that, there is desire to move things forward. When you look at connected autonomous vehicles, yeah, all of this fits into that same space. But it is still difficult. It's all about finding the right people in organizations it's utterly refining what is the single most important thing that your application or hardware or whatever it might be really fits the bill and resounds with the most senior people and that's yeah where we found we can have success is getting in ultimately to some quite senior people and just landing a message around work zone safety yes we know there are many many other benefits but actually stripping it down to its most basic form of benefit statement has really been what's cut through in the market over here Wise words from Simon Top from One Network. Thanks for your support this week here on Highways Voices. And uh, we'll chat again to One Network really soon. Thanks, Paul. From Los Angeles, Highways Voices at the ITS World Congress. You're listening to Highways Voices from here at the ITS World Congress in Los Angeles. A reminder that we're brought to you thanks to the support of Swarco, One Dot Network, Gevi, Navtech Radar and Nota AI. And it's high time on the podcast that we came to see Nota AI because they've got a really sizable stand right in the middle of the hall, just off the main sort of thoroughfare through the middle of the hall, stand 1031. And I'm with Heijun Lee, who is global business manager of the company that's based in South Korea, but is starting to make noise all around the world. And Heijun, before the Congress, you told me about your AI safe crossing solution, but now I can really experience it for myself. Our actual demonstration for our AI safe crossing, now you're right in front of our crosswalk to see the alarm for the prediction of collision between pedestrians and vehicles. And now I can explain how it works and how we can protect pedestrians from the accidents. So here I am, it's a zebra crossing and it's got a couple of uh, sort of 
lit up bars either side of it that you know they're white and then suddenly will start to flash red um, and there's also a camera just above our head now the only downside of this camera is now I look at myself on the screen and can see just how bald I am from the top but we'll we'll pass on from that one explain to me now I'm standing here and I've been picked up by the camera that's above us and then things have started flashing red on the road what is the technology doing so now we are on the crosswalk and the camera is watching you and detecting you as a pedestrian on the crosswalk now it's time to detect the vehicles coming to coming to the crosswalk trying to turn right and then it's kind of high possibility of accidents can happen so we want to detect this kind of predict this kind of accident right before the three to five seconds using the nvidia edge boards and can give the alarms on site and is that what this red bar is doing then so this kind of red light is kind of example of how we can give the notifications to the drivers. So it can be like the alarms, or it can be the light-ups, or it can be the other signal, con- signal. So we can give the pedestrians or drivers, so please watch out. The accidents can be happened here. So yeah, it's kind of example of how we can notify to them. And I guess in time, with connected vehicles, you would be able to actually put a warning within the vehicle and ultimately actually go into the uh, automatic braking. Maybe that's the thing, the main thing that we can expect after supporting without those kind of infrastructure for V2VX communication and autonomous vehicles. You sort of said, oh, and there's some AI that does all this. But actually, AI, from when I studied it many years ago at university, was really quite difficult. So how have you managed to achieve this? So sometimes people say, sometimes AI sounds like walking in the moon. I already understand those kind of difficulties and that's the reason that we are doing ITS industry, I think. So HAI technology can be, uh, an ITS industry can be the most representative industry that HAI can be applied with a lot of potentials because for this safe crossing solutions can be realized thanks to the HAI technology because this kind of three to five seconds prediction of accidents can be done by the HAI because it can be it can send the notifications on site the alarms so it can be light up or the alarm sounds. Well this is a fantastic demonstration um, and I feel safe standing in the middle of the crossing here Uh, you've got lots more on the site so let's meet up again before the end of the week and you can show me other things on the stand that uh, you're showing off this week in la i look forward to it thank you direct from los angeles highways voices at the its world congress 2022 it's been a busy couple of years for unix traffic first of all they rebranded then they got bought so here they are now under new ownership for the first time exhibiting uh, at a congress the size of the ITS World Congress. And I'm with Michael Gertner, who is VP of R&D. You're showing off uh, the new brand, but there's a lot more to what you're doing here in Los Angeles than just being a new name. Absolutely. And Paul, we are really proud of what we have created over the last couple of years. And now we are showing off with a new family name. We called it U-Traffic. This is our product family name. And we are launching here a couple of brand new products. One of them is our brand new IoT traffic light controller, U-Traffic Blade, which is a really innovation piece sitting at the intersection and doing much more than the standard traffic light control. We are preparing our customers for the future. So let's come and actually have a look at it and open up and see what's inside and uh, what is it doing and what's making it so different? 
what's making it so different? So we were starting with a very aggressive design, right? We cut it in half. It's very slim. We have a display you can pull out, you can bring up, and you can sit in your truck and control the device just by sitting in your truck because everything is embedded. We have redundant power supplies embedded, and we have a quad-core capacity in it that we cannot run only the traffic control, but many other applications, like connected vehicle, right? Tomorrow, an intersection is an infrastructure hub, right? And with this device, we are delivering already today a platform for the future. Right, so connectivity, explain. Is it that you know, a new car I buy is going to be automatically connected to the uh, intersection? That is what we are working on, that the intersection, the infrastructure talks to the car through the navigation system. It's still a way to go, but we deliver an end-to-end solution. The controller talks to the roadside unit, the roadside unit broadcasts, and everyone can receive these messages. We have our own onboard unit. You can mount it in the car and you get data from the intersection. How many seconds are you going to go and you get green, right? Or wrong way, drive warning, pedestrian crosswalk warning. So there is a lot of communication going on between the car and the infrastructure. And does that mean that in time, and again, we're looking ahead into the future, that it'll all be connected and we won't need to worry about any infrastructure, any radar, magnetometers, uh, loops in the road, anything like that? Correct. In the future, and we are in the transition phase now, we will see that the cars are actually our detection devices. Yeah, We collect the data from the car and we give the data back to the car, right? And we started this transition now with our connected vehicle portfolio, which supports our end user to really start exploring this new type of technology. What's the time scale? Because obviously, yes, we've got some GLOSA projects at the moment and there is uh, signal uh, coordination through floating vehicle data, things like this. But it sounds like you're looking to take it to the next level and make it seamless and not just sort of here and there. So when is this going to be actually really happening and we're going to go do you remember those days when we used to actually have to have infrastructure by the side of the road actually it's it's happening right now we have some test beds for example the tr road authority in florida they are a huge test bed and a very demanding customer to really deploy this technology in the field to see what can this technology deliver to the road users, right? And this is happening now, right? We are at the starting point to roll out this technology and together with the OEMs, the car manufacturers, that is the next level what we are looking forward. Okay, Michael, and earlier on on this podcast, Eric Sampson mentioned uh, a session that I'm moderating this afternoon here on Wednesday at ITS World Congress. You're on the panel, so we'll be, uh, how can I put it politely, learning from some of your mistakes that has led to where we are now. I spent in the ITS industry in Europe 26 years, yeah. And in 2019, I moved over to the US and I learned the other side of the traffic business, the other side of the pond, right? So yes, there is a lot of experience in Europe what I want to share. I'm not saying it's all the same. It's not same, same, but different. But we can learn from some mistakes the European guys made. And by avoiding these mistakes, we can be faster, right? 
not an extra loop, not an extra discussion, and we need the support from the government, right? That is what the industry is looking for, pave our way that we can deploy this technology. We are ready to do it. Can't wait to chat a bit later. Thanks very much, Michael. Thanks for joining us here on Highways Voices. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Alan's Guide to LA. You're listening to Highways Voices, sponsored by Swarco, Notar AI, Gevi, One Dot Network and Navtech Radar. And finally, let's get our guide to things to do here in LA that aren't ITS World Congress. We've got our local expert, British expat Alan Cleland of ITS consultancy DKS Associates, and he talks about what to do about entertainment in the city. If we start off with the cinema experience, the Disney Concert Hall is a must-see concert hall and cinema. And right next to the convention center, there's also a major cine complex that's worth seeing. And of course, there are the cinemas all, all, all over Los Angeles. But having said that, right next to the convention center, there's the Grammy Museum. That's worth mentioning and worth visiting. And of course, the Grammy Museum's focused upon popular music over the years and got some wonderful displays. Lots of, lots of bands that you will recognize there. And it's very close to the convention center, and just a very short walk. But really, the, the Disney Concert Hall is a marvel. It's a Frank Gehry who's the architect for the building, and it is absolutely stunning. Quite the experience to go into the, into the concert hall and in that area as well. And right next to it, there's a new museum, new, a couple of years old now, the Broad Museum, private museum. Also a beautiful building, very interesting architecture. And nothing to do with movies, but it's, it's, got, it's got some wonderful exhibits there as well. And that's all together on a street called Grand that's not too far away from the convention center. And then if you keep traveling on, um, then you come to Dodger Stadium, which is the, the home of Dodgers baseball. And the Dodgers moved from New York to L.A. I want to say it was 57. And so it's an interesting time for baseball because um, September is the end of the season. And we move into what's called the playoffs in October. And this is where, they, where there are playoffs. And the top teams play each other um, for the privilege of going to um, the World Series Championship. Um, and we can call it the World Series because we actually have Canadian teams involved in it as well. At the moment, the Los Angeles Dodgers are the best team in baseball. And we're looking forward to the... Uh, end of September, rounding it off and getting it into the playoffs. But the big news and sports news was the building and opening of the new SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, which is to the west of the city of LA, out towards the coast. It's by right by LA Airport. And it is a phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal facility. My son just visited there and it was a capacity crowd to see Kenny Chesney, the country and western singer. 75,000 people there. And he said, when you moved, when you walked into the common areas, it just did not feel full or busy at all. It's amazing, the design, the architecture is stunning, apparently. So that would be worth a visit. So that'll do it for today's podcast. But I've got so much more to share with you tomorrow when we'll talk, among other things, about road markings, infrastructure support for autonomous vehicles and AI traffic counting. Catch you then from L.A. Highways Voices from the ITS World Congress in Los Angeles is presented and produced by Paul Hutton and sponsored by Gevi, Suarco, One Dot Network, Navtech Radar and Notter AI. 